Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. This is your host, Hayden Bowe. We've got Marcus Leone guest hosting on the podcast again. And we have the 242-pound raw squat world record holder, Kevin Oak, on the podcast today. Uh, For those of you who don't know, in the last couple of years, Kevin has moved from New York down to Miami. He's now a member at Hybrid Performance Method Gym. Uh, so we see, we see him all the time. It's honestly taken us way too long to get him on the podcast, but it was awesome to sit down, chat with him, talk about life, lifting, uh, everything in between. It's a really good podcast. Uh, we talk about the way powerlifting used to be from the good old days of being a criminal record holding, uh, tattoo enthusiast aggression problem having power lifter to the more clean version of powerlifting that uh, most of us are familiar with today uh and like i said every everything else uh, in between life lifting philosophy business all that good stuff so uh you don't want to miss this one make sure you tag us uh screenshot this episode tag me take steppy take hybrid unlimited tag our guests for some extra brownie points at oak strong on instagram uh, and you will automatically be entered in a draw to potentially win some gear from Hybrid Legacy Brand, which is the official apparel brand of the Hybrid Unlimited podcast and Hybrid Performance Method as a whole. Make sure while you're doing that, you check us out at hybridstrengthcoach.com. Uh, check out all of our programs. We have strongman powerlifting, weightlifting. Uh, programs that combine weightlifting, powerlifting, bodybuilding. We have general fitness programs, everything on there, everything you could possibly want in the gym. We've got it for you, and we've got it on an awesome app. Check us out. Uh, download the app, leave us a review, all that good stuff. And sit back, relax, enjoy another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. What's up, everyone? It's your favorite podcast producer, Nick Tricana, here to give you a word from our incredible sponsor over at Element. Listen, you're not getting enough electrolytes or salt in your diet. I see it, Steffi sees it, Hayden sees it, we all see it. Element is an electrolyte drink mix with no sugar, no artificial ingredients, and no BS. Everyone needs electrolytes, especially those on low-carb diets, practice intermittent fasting, are physically active, or sweat a lot. But don't just take my word for it. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. U.S. Olympians, players in the NFL, NBA, NHL, and even our own special forces drink Element. I wouldn't go so far as to say I'm the pinnacle of self-performance, but ever since Steffi turned me on to Element, I've seen vast improvements in my everyday training and recovery. You guys can try Element today with a totally risk-free, no-questions-asked refund policy. And you know what? Because we love y'all so much over here at Hybrid Unlimited, we're going to hook you up with a free sample pack of Element just for you. Each sample pack includes eight grab-and-go packets in a variety of different flavors. All you have to do is go to drinkelement.com hybrid. That's drinklmnt.com slash hybrid. Again, that's drinklmnt.com slash hybrid for your free sample pack of eight grab-and-go element packets. Stay salty, my friends. Now back to the podcast. Who are they? Another thing, though, is I might be getting into mortgage brokerage. Yeah. I, that's the space that I work with. One yeah. of my businesses, we, well, we do the appraisals for a lot of big mortgage companies. Okay. So if you ever wanted a kind of like a referral to go learn from somebody, I could hook you up with some cool people. Yeah, because I know a guy that owns a mortgage brokerage, and he's up in West Palm Beach, and he's like he has a bunch of shit he needs to get done. Like he's always getting people that need it in Miami, but no one's down here. 
And I was like, I'm down here. <laughs> like, I can handle it. Miami's a really weird market because we work actually with several offices out of Boca and West Palm. Yeah. And like, we have one bank down here, but the market in Miami is so weird because it's a lot of international people. So a lot of people that move to Miami and they're buying stuff, they're buying stuff with like funky investment loans with banks that like specialize in like foreign clientele. And yeah, like he said he specializes mostly in the higher end of the market and mostly with self-employed people. Yeah, which is a pain in the ass to deal with for, for people yeah. in the mortgage industry. Yeah, I did that. Yeah. I was the client in that sort of scenario. Right. Was, yeah. It was a process. So like, we don't care process. if you have enough cash to buy the house. We don't. Know how much you're making next month? Well, they, that's kind of how that scenario goes. There's, there's like a lot of ways to do it, but yeah, like there's there's the, you're talking like there's some like hard money people, like people that will literally just lend based yeah. on the thing that they're lending on, and then they're not like they won't check your credit, they won't check your income, they won't check your employment, like yeah. nothing. They just give you like a ridiculous rate, basically. Yeah, they'll pay ten percent or something, or and they will pay ten percent like interest only, and then they won't actually pay down the principal of the house, like. Maybe ever. Yeah. Not ideal. I want to no. get into like buying houses and renting them. But uh, I need to get in real estate either way. I'm doing <laughs> that with my condo in Toronto. Yeah. But it's been good. Yeah, it's nice. Just have somebody else pay your mortgage for you. It's tough yeah. down here, man. It's like prices have just gone way through the roof. It's like I work with, I work with some investors trying to find them stuff to buy and like for the numbers to make sense now, it's just fucking. I mean, like, rents up too, though. But it might start coming yeah, down, I guess. That's the like. problem, right? Like, if you buy something now and you overpay for it, then, like, you see all this construction coming up around us. It's mm. all going to be rentals. So, like, the market's going to get flooded with these, like, fun, fancy mm-hmm. condominium rentals. And now if you're going to have tons and tons of supply, like, prices, I think the price is inevitably going to go down here. Yeah. Well, that'd be the first time since I've been here that that happens. We'll see. It's, like, the big question mark. Nobody really knows yet. It's um, a big thing I talk about in my pitch. I'm like, even in 2008, like prices were only down for three and a half years. <laughs> if you bought a house in 1970, it's up like 16 times. It's like, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like all those people on the internet, like, oh, if you spent a thousand dollars on Apple shares in 1980, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, hindsight's 2020, isn't it? Yeah, it's like if I had stripes, I'm a zebra. Like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> you know what though? You'd be ideal for like I talk to a lot of people that are like just broke and trying to live off their payments and like paying rent. And I'm literally like, dude, just take the cash and buy your house and don't have a rent payment or just have cash. Like people yeah. underestimate the value of just like yeah. letting cash sit in a bank account, like. The only issue with it is like they can't, you have to like say what you're using the money for in court. Oh. Now like once it gets approved, you can just like sit on the cash. But you have to have like a legit plan in place as to why you need the money early. That's so usually we say like houses, cause that's the easiest. For, for the person's own protection, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, and just because it's like you're breaking a legal agreement basically, so it's like. Okay. Are judges picky about that? Like, will they actually dig into it? It's state by state. So New York is, like, notoriously really hard. I'm sure. Florida is really easy. Pretty much, like, Republican states are easy. Democratic states are. Yeah. New York's <laughs> got a lot of, like, consumer protection stuff in place. Like, yeah. Florida's kind of the wild west of everything at like, this point. New York's really fucking hard. You have to go through a lot of shit. Even, like, once they sign cat, like, they sign one contract, then they have to, like, wait, like, 14 days then sign another contract and it's like all this shit they gotta do 
Mm. And then other states are just like, you know what you're doing with it? Like, yeah, like, all right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most Florida yeah. thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Florida's like that with like everything. Even, it, even yeah. with employers. They're like, are you abusing your employees? No. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. Yeah, you'd think, especially like with finance and real estate stuff that happened here over the past 15 years, like you would think that there's some super strict system in place to keep everybody honest. And like my experience is like maybe 50% of the time that's the case. And otherwise, like 50% of the time it works every time. (laughs) I feel like Florida is just like. I call it like the mind your business state and like don't worry about what I'm doing. That's pretty much how Florida is. It like, is. I've always called it like the Wild West. Yeah. Of, a, of modern It's like America. if you enter, it's just like, hey, just know you might be getting yourself into some but, shit, but like we're all agreeing to it. We're all like part of this game. Yeah. If you've been on the internet the last 15 years and seen a Florida man headline, like you're moving there. Yeah. Like, yeah. Avoid the snake. <laughs> Remember that used to, when we first did the podcast, that was a segment? Oh, Florida, Florida Man stories. Florida Man. We'd, we'd end every podcast with like one or a few Florida Man stories. And oh, all right. This will be it then. I just read this headline today. Okay. It, the, I just read the headline, but it was enough. It said, <laughs> Fort Lauderdale, Lamborghini SUV, ramps off of something, ends up <laughs> upside down on top of a house and slides off. Wow. It jumped yeah. on top of the house. I mean, I assume, right? Because how else would you get on top Probably. of the house? it lands upside down? Yeah, probably flew off a highway or something that happened something. to be like close to houses. Was anyone hurt? Had to. Well, I mean, obviously. <laughs> yeah, had to. That guy's bank account's ruined. Well, what about well, the homeowner? Probably a rental. Does ins- <laughs> and he's probably broke. So what about the homeowner? Does, the insur- does insurance cover that? Projectile vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> you need like a special Florida man insurance. That's why it's so hard to get homeowners insurance in Florida. That's the reason. That fucking headline multiplied by 15,000 of those, yeah. those insurance companies are looking at this state and they're like, nah. It's also one of the only places I've ever been where you genuinely might just see a personal plane fall out of the sky into the middle of the road. Yeah, it happened like the last two weeks. Yeah. Someone, someone had to do like an emergency At least landing. once a quarter. Yeah. You're seeing a personal That's plane awesome. land in a residential area. I bet that happened a lot more back in the 80s. Do you imagine? During the cocaine cowboy era? Yeah, mm-hmm. just like, well, I think we have enough fuel to get there. Oops. Otherwise, we're getting shot down by, like, <laughs> some fucking fighter jet on the coast. <laughs> Man. Well, Kev, last time you were on the podcast, you were living in New York, and you were down here for the hybrid yeah. showdown to compete, <laughs> and now you're living here. I feel yeah. like there's a lot of uh, gaps to fill in. So what, what happened? What brought you down here? Um, Damn. All right, so what was that, two years ago? So like a year and a half ago, because we're in July now. Was it that long? The meet was two and a half years. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the one you But a year and a half ago, I was deciding whether I wanted to move here or move to like Pittsburgh with my my like now ex-girlfriend. So I moved to Pittsburgh for nine months. Didn't work out, so then I moved here. (laughs) So I moved here in January, so it's been like six, seven months now. Um... But outside of that, I don't feel like anything crazy is actually going on. I mean, I love Miami. It's a good move for me, I feel like. What was living in Pittsburgh like? It's really fucking cold. <laughs> winter. Like, <laughs> once the winter came around, I was like, yo. Worse not. than uh, New York? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's cold. Oh, all right, so everybody's going to want to know why Miami. 
Like you're in, you, you left New York, moved because to Pittsburgh. Because I grew up in New York and I hate the winter. Like okay. I'm not a cold person. So I was like, I need to go somewhere warm. And I'm like, what's like a city? And another thing I learned in Pittsburgh was, because when I moved to Pittsburgh, I was like, oh, this is going to be like calmer and slower. Like that might be for me now. Because New York is like, there's like a certain stress living in New York that like, mm-hmm. you're just always kind of mm-hmm. tense. So I was like, oh, Pittsburgh might be better for me. And then after a couple of months, I was like, nah, I need like what? more action than this, right? It so was boring. Miami. What? It was boring? Yeah. Pittsburgh's like, it's nothing to do really. Like, Really? Was, I've never been. Yeah. Was, I stopped off there once, but not long enough to like yeah. get any sort of assessment of the city. It's just all about the Steelers. The hockey team a little bit, college sports, but there's nothing really. Is there like a lifting scene there at all? There is. I was going to a gym with a lot of powerlifters, um, so there is like powerlifters there. I got kind of lucky that I was going to a pretty good gym for it, but um, outside of that, like that's all. There's just not much to do. I don't know. I'm like I used to live in New York, so I took things yeah. for granted, I guess. Where it's like you can just go get whatever food you want, like any time of day, any time yeah. of night, like can go out like any day of the week like you can't go out in pittsburgh on like a tuesday like nothing's gonna be open yeah for sure. like here you can literally like go clubbing on tuesday yeah and if you go up before midnight no one's even out yet yeah (laughs) seriously (laughs) especially mine is a wild place (laughs) yeah so when i was looking when i was thinking of a place i'm like i want something warm with like action so i was like what's like the most southern city in the u.s that's like like that i was like miami so I've been to California a bunch of times, but California is kind of like too stuffy for me. Like people just seem kind of like assholes. Like, you know, like I don't know yeah. how to explain. It. They're just too. Uh, they just try to act like too stuck up for no reason. Miami's, so you wanted the Miami's exact opposite. Not the opposite necessarily, but like just a little more chill than that. Yeah, Miami's, Miami's a nice like, little bit of like controlled chaos. Yeah. So you always know like some crazy stuff could happen, but generally it doesn't. And most people are pretty laid back. Like, it does feel very, like, South American because of, yeah. you it's know, there's a ton back. of South Americans here, but it's, yeah. like, trying to get something done on time here usually doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> people show up at, you know, like, a half hour late, and that's, like, early in their mind. Like, that whole yeah. kind of scene. The weird thing about Miami that I've always told people is, like, it's just so many different cultures, like, living very close. It's kind of like New York City in that sense, like, if you go I feel like you know, more so more so here or New York's worse and I mean worse in a bad way but like you know what the difference is when you go to New York everyone's trying to be American and like a New Yorker whereas right. here everyone acts like where they're from almost like no one's like trying to be like oh like I'm a Floridian or something yeah so it's like well because the, the stigma cultures. of being a Floridian is Florida man yeah. <laughs> no one wants to like, no one wants to be labeled as that yeah people here they're like no 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 I'm Argentinian like, yeah, I'm like Cuban. People like, like bring, I don't fuck with these people. Like people bring their culture here in New York. Like people go there to like be a New Yorker. But there's still good neighborhoods in New York. So like you could go get oh, yeah. great. Like sure. one thing I love about New York City is like I love trying food from all over the world. So many good restaurants. So you could man. go. I mean, actually, I've started to find more of that here. More good, like off the beaten path type restaurants and like little hole in the walls and like different ethnic foods like. Yeah. But in New York, man, it's just so present. It's like in your face at all times there. Yeah, here you have to like hear about them. Or you have to or look. Yeah. Yeah. Be like a part of the scene. Whereas in New York, you can just be like, oh, I'm hungry. Yeah, New and York, I've walked somewhere. into yeah. 
like good really good restaurants so many times like really good bars like so many times it's like oh let me find a bar like as i'm walking around it, it's like great you know what yeah I mean? <clears throat> amazing the other thing with you know the other big thing with new york was like i was there through the pandemic obviously and that shit was like that was a headache so i was like i don't want to fucking be in that kind of situation again where like you're just locked down and like yeah I don't know. I'm, I was never someone into politics. I'm still not. But I did feel the annoyance of like all the political shit in New York when that happened with like Cuomo on the TV every day. Like, I'm like, why is he on the TV every day? Why do we have to listen to him? And like, just all the shit. Like, you start really feeling like the government, like, really trying to like be controlling in that way. And I was like, I don't fucking like this. Like, I don't want to be in a state like this. So. Like, Florida, again, is, like, like mind your own business. Like, don't worry about what I'm doing. Like, that's kind of, like, the Florida attitude, where it's, like, states like New York, like, people are just, like, in your business, and it's kind of annoying. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the time, like, right now, if you're in New York, like, every time you're with your friends or you're out somewhere, like, people are probably going to ask you, like, oh, what's your stance on, like, all the abortion shit? And you're, like... I don't fucking yeah, want to like, talk about this right I'm just now. here to have a coffee. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like, you can't just, like, go about your day. Like, people are just in your business, and you have to have an opinion on everything, and everything's, like, what's your stance on this, and what side are you on? And Yeah. What's well, so up in your... Like, last time we were up there, my wife and I, we were up in January, and, like, we were just up there for, like, a birthday. I don't remember what we were doing, but we were staying near the park, so we were close to, like, the Upper West Side of the city. Mm. You know, it's like a more upscale area. So like we went, yeah. it was the one day. Upper the, West Side's like stuffy California. It's, yeah, so <laughs> we, it was the one day where it was like 10 degrees out. And like, you know, we're from Florida. It's so we're cold in the winter. It, it was, you know, in the park, especially it was just windy as shit. And like, you're just, we're just getting brutalized. So we went to go find a coffee shop, you know, us being from Florida. And they had removed the mask mandate when you were sitting down, like having a drink. So we went inside this coffee shop again, 10 degrees outside, go to have a coffee and my wife like sniffles once because it was so cold outside and this woman next to us who's got you know the whole like space mask on and all that shit <laughs> the big face shield like she's just a, like so she's a welder <laughs> just loses so her dramatic. shit she's like why are you sniffling what, what you, you put your face mask off but like you're not actively drinking so like you're sniffling are you sick and she's just like we're just like no like she, she my wife's a lawyer so she's like just starts interrogating this woman <laughs> and like she's like you know i i've traveled to and i'm not gonna say where she traveled to because might give it away but like she's like i traveled to this place and it was like a place that's like a 13 hour flight away from the city like yeah. twice and it's just like wait you're worried about her sniffling because she's cold and covid and like you're sitting here with somebody across from you who doesn't have a mask on like but it's just it's like you said like i feel like people live in such tight quarters up there that it yeah. almost is inevitable that like so something bizarre is going to happen to you because you're so close to people. Yeah, but you're just dude, on top of each other in New York. Depending on the neighborhood here, though, you get that. Like, walking through Coconut Grove, I had some run-ins. Really? Uh, yeah, taking yeah. Dexter around. I remember one time I was on the, I was on the scooter because uh, Dexter, our, uh, the, the yeah. bigger dog, he's, he's a nut, and I, I, <laughs> I tie him to this motorized scooter, Honda Ruckus, and let him run and would rip mm. behind him. And there was a woman on the other side of the street <clears throat> and like over the engine, I couldn't hear her that well, but I can see she's like yelling at me and like motioning. 
and uh, you know she's all masked up and everything. Nice. You know, it's the middle of the day, of course. And uh, <laughs> so I stop and I'm like, I ask her what's up, and she's literally stopped me to yell at me for not having a mask. Like, oh wait, she wasn't yourself. upset about the dog. No, that that's the she probably was also. But you didn't have a mask while you were riding a scooter. On By the yourself, other side of the street, not like near anyone, like <laughs> like twenty feet from her, you know. Right. And well, she's I mean, telling me about her friend who's who's a nurse, and like her opinions, and I was just like, you know what, I I, I don't even know how to engage with you. You can't the, like anymore. COVID was weird. I remember we went back uh, up to Chicago in November of 2020, like maybe yeah. three days before the election, which was bizarre. So like. Chicago reopened. It was like my birthday. So we decided to go up just somewhere that was open. Chicago was open. They shut down the day before we got there. So we had to pivot and go to Milwaukee. But we, we landed in. That's low key a pretty fun place, though. It was nice. But the story's about Milwaukee. So anybody listening, if you're from Milwaukee, you might get this. Like we, we, we got into Chicago, the whole city, like all Miracle Miles, all boarded up because they were expecting there to be riots. So there's cops on horseback outside oh, yeah, the Trump yeah. Tower and like every shop on the street was plywooded up. And we were like, what the hell is going on here? This is the, the, the cops explained it. Anyways, we get to Milwaukee. We, we brought Tim, our dog, to this restaurant mm. and like, you know, we tried to bring him in with us and he has all the paperwork and we brought we brought him in and like for, for being a service dog. Yeah, my wife has seizures and like we have, she has him yeah. registered. Like all everything's in line. She, you know, legit has a pretty serious medical condition. So like, anyways, like it's not like we were trying to make that a point. But we walk into this restaurant and this dude. It was like the most progressive looking firehouse, you know, brunch restaurant you could imagine. <laughs> And the guy refused us entry because he was convinced that dogs were carrying and spreading COVID. Oh, that, there were some false headlines that went out about that. Do you remember that? Apparently. Yeah. Kicked us out because of it. But that's really weird because that's not yeah. a rule. That's an opinion. <clears throat> it's just moronic. That only lasted for like two days. The whole entire pandemic, they're like, dogs aren't getting it. Dogs aren't getting it. And then there was like a weekend where they're yeah. like, dogs are getting it. And then they're like, oh, yeah, because they, they started yelling. They were like, you know, there was a they said something about like a lion or like a tiger, or just some zoo animal getting COVID and spreading it or something. And like, I guess somehow this parlayed into the dog. But anyways, we're getting like way off track. We're talking about Kevin moving down here. Should we uh, put our tinfoil hats on? Please no. <laughs> this is gonna be like that a does certain... remind me. I don't know why, but there was this story. Like I guess because it was during the pandemic, but like. Nicki Minaj's like cousin or some sort of family member like oh I remember this said like he got this infection on his balls or something because of the vaccine or some shit and I guess she believed him but when I heard the story immediately I was like because it was like during his bachelor's weekend I was like wait infection on his balls during his bachelor's weekend like any guy immediately is gonna be like, <laughs> yeah, like, right. like right. Yeah, yeah, it was the Must vaccine. Have been rough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, oh my just god! Rem- just remind me of that because she like then of course went on like her Instagram and like said it, and then everyone's like, yeah, the vaccine like made this guy's like balls explode and all this shit, and then people <laughs> came out. They're like, the vaccine wouldn't do that. Like that's like, not possible. Also, where were you that weekend? Yeah, Vegas. You say? Yeah, <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> Oh man! So, to be back on the 
whole podcast topic of having one of the world's best powerlifters here. I'm sure a lot of people want to know. I mean, listen. All right, I'll, I'll be honest. You were one of the this you were one of the first dudes. Maybe last decade. Yeah, yeah. Well, you were one of the first dudes I ever saw. I mean, this is probably back back in the New York days, early days when you were training up there. That I saw you being probably one of the most impressive powerlifters out there. And I mean, by the looks of it, you're still training pretty similar. So like. You want to talk about that and your history, how you came up in the sport? Um, all right. You're a sprinter, right? At school? Yeah, I was always, I was a sprinter. I ran through college. Um, like I went to Villanova University on a track scholarship. I literally had my last track meet same day as graduation. So I missed like the first day of graduation. Um, graduated, wasn't good enough to like go pro or anything like that. So just done with track. Went back to New York. Um, Took a couple months, I think, but I started. I started as a stockbroker, um, and when I was in, I was working in like Lower Manhattan, like Wall Street area. So you can't like, it's like hard when you're a sprinter to transition to something else. Because if you're like a distance runner, you can be like, oh, like I like to run every morning. But if you're a sprinter, you're not gonna be like, oh, I'm like I'm going for a sprint. Like, <laughs> really, you know just, what I mean? Does it, I would love actually just down the street. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's a pretty funny a image. Like you <laughs> running through Lower Manhattan just at full speed. You're like, isn't that Kevin? Yeah. Like, was he just working five minutes ago in so your suit like, and tie? <laughs> yeah. So it's like I'm a stockbroker. I went a while without lifting, and I was like, also oh, doesn't feel good because you just kind of like drink too much and you're not active, like. It's not a good feeling. So I started like just going to the gym mostly at least. And um, I just kept lifting heavier and heavier without really thinking about it for like a couple of years probably. Like there'd be times where I didn't go and like I wouldn't go for a while, then it would feel kind of shitty not going to the gym. So I'd start going again. But like over time, I kept getting stronger and stronger. And it got to a point where like people would always ask me like, dude, do you like compete in something? Like what are you doing? And I was like, no, I just, you know. You didn't realize how strong you were compared to Kinda. people around you. Yeah. yeah, so at some point I just started thinking like, oh, maybe I guess I should compete. Like I started seeing YouTube stuff because YouTube was like getting bigger. So like people were posting like powerlifting stuff. And I started looking people up. I'm like, oh, I guess like I'd be competitive with people around my weight. Like, all right. So at some point I finally, I actually did a strongman competition first. Got my butt kicked because I had no clue what I was doing, obviously. And like, I never. Did you just go like, "I'm a strong man." Yeah. Gonna... <laughs> I'll much. go into the strong man contest. You go, pretty like, much. There's a keg. Like, what? Yeah, like, How do I pick up this big rock yeah. thing? Yeah. <laughs> I got hurt before I got to the Atlas Stone, which is probably a good thing because I would have just torn my bicep probably <laughs> if I got to it. So, but yeah, I did a strong man contest. Had no clue what I was doing. Got my butt kicked. And then, um, like, months later, I did a powerlifting competition. Didn't do well, but it was really fun. And I was like, oh. Like, the fir- I could tell from the first meet I did, I was like, oh, like, I'm going to be doing this. Like, I knew right away. I was How like, old were you when you did your first meet? 27. Wow. That's pretty so late. So this was, like, five years after yeah. I graduated. Yeah. That's pretty late. Yeah. And life, I mean, compared to most people who are Now kids these- are, like, maxed out at, like, 16. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So retiring. Pretty- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that that was you were twenty seven. How and how many years ago is that? I'm thirty six now, so nine. Okay. Oh so shit! Literally, because it was July of that year, ago. so nine years. Okay, that's wow. Okay, so th- where where'd you do your first meet? Long Island. My first. I did a bunch of RPS meets, 
Um, I did an RPS meet in July. I did an RPS meet in like August of that year. Um, and then one in like November or something, <clears throat> which was the meet. That meet was the first meet I think Larry did because we went like kind of head to head in a way, like not really. Oh, yeah. Because you're not thinking of that at like an RPS meet. But right. That was like the first meet I think Larry did. Were you um, the same weight class at the time? No, nah, he was always a weight class above me. I was 220, he was 242. Um, I think we totaled about the same. Were you guys training together back then? No, so this is how we started training together, actually, because at this meet, um, I remember at some point in the meet, I was asked, my brother was with me. He went to, like, my first couple meets with me. So I asked him, because I'm not, like, really paying attention. So I'm like, oh, is anyone close to me? Because I thought some other guy was hitting, like, something close to me. <clears throat> and he was like, not really. He's like, I think that guy is. And he, like, pointed at Larry. Like, I didn't know it was Larry. And he pointed at him, and I was, like, not really thinking about it. Um... And then something happened. I don't know if I saw the results or something, but I saw he was 19. And I was like, wait. I was like, that dude was 19. I thought he was like 30. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, you looked it. Oof. So I looked him up. And I think like that same week, it just so happened that we're like, I probably think it was a week, but maybe it was a couple weeks span. But like this Animal Pack video popped up like with Larry again, because he had just like signed with Animal Pack. And I've guess I figured out that we lived like really close to each other. I think also because I was working out at a powerhouse in the Bronx and people would tell me there was like some younger kid coming at like a different time that was like benching all this weight but like we never were there at the same time so I realized he was the guy they were talking about. Mm. So I think I reached out to him like through YouTube like a message or something like oh we should train together like I go to this gym and um you know, I'm watching in Queens because the only powerlifting gym was like in another borough. Like, you know, how the city is because we yeah, were in the yeah, Bronx. Yeah, yeah. The only powerlifting gym was in Queens. So you got to like drive over the bridge, Oof, like go yeah. all the way to the other side That's and all far that away. shit. Yeah. So we started going like a day or two a week. I was primarily training at that gym, but I would like pick him up a lot and go there. <clears throat> and then I was like bouncing at night mostly. So he would get a ride like from someone else back. But that's when we started training together. How'd you guys all end up over at Mount Vernon? Because then at some point, Mount Vernon opened. I was still at Coliseum. Um, but Larry started training there. Like, Larry and Black Tom Cruise started training there. At some point, they were like, just come on. I think we were, we were getting ready for, like, U.S. Open or one of those meets. <clears throat> and they were like, oh, we should train together, like, leading up to it. So I started going there. Like, all right, I'll check it out. Like, I didn't realize what was there like I didn't think it'd be good but then when I went I was like oh shit they do have everything here and it's way closer I should probably just go here so this is when you guys both turned into just freaks right I'm no, just, we I were already Mount Vernon was like I already sorry I meant when you first when you started training together like that was the beginning of you guys yeah, both that was your like competitive my third runs meet. that was really early that was really yeah. really early on that was like that was before I even did like Raw Unities. Like that was really oh, wow. early on. Okay, so that yeah. was. <clears throat> what was the first Raw Unity that you did? I want to say seven. I only seven. did it twice. I did seven and eight, and then nine was the last year. I did nine. Yeah. And then that was the year. Do you remember they had the? They were all like the poured iron plates. They weren't calibrated. And then yeah, they, there they, was a bunch of controversy. I think that's why them. I didn't do it because like it just didn't seem right leading up. It was like. 
weird yeah. shit going on. I didn't know. I was just like, you know, every year before that, it was like rum was the biggest thing. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. I'll do that. That'll be like my first big meet. Yeah. And then went there. And it didn't matter to me I was because I wasn't breaking records. There was a bunch of guys that did break records, and they all got taken back. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that was when... Um, before open powerlifting, powerlifting watch. Yeah. When they were like the governing sort of like. Because uh-huh. the person who ran powerlifting watch also ran more unity. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. But leading up to that. Then who? Because LA Fit Expo and more unity were really close. So I was picking between which one. And there was mm-hmm. weird shit going on for unity. So I did the LA Fit Expo. Interesting. Well, then I wonder. It seems weird that he would. Take away well, all the there records. There was a lot of because you know like what happened with that guy. Wasn't it like a child pornography? Yeah, yeah. some weird I think story. He's like in jail I, I or something remember. now. That's what I maybe he's I out. Heard. But there was so that kind of stuff was probably going on. I don't think people knew that was going on, but there was issues going on with like who was actually running the meet and stuff. Wow. So that's why. Yeah, I remember that, and I remember open powerlifting was sort of coming up, and yeah. the guys who had been <clears> in the game for a long time still kind of like stuck with uh, powerlifting watch. And then all the new lifters coming up were like mostly following all the stuff on open powerlifting and yeah. then the the whatever that thing was something to do with child pornography came out about the guy yeah. who ran powerlifting watch and then that just killed him same dude i forget his name not a good look let me tell you no nah, don't want to help this nothing will ruin your reputation in life faster than being accused of that no, no. almost so how long did it take you to go from Doing your first powerlifting meet to breaking your first world record and beating guys like Dan Green and it took me. So first of all, this was like a decade ago, so people weren't as strong. So that kind of helped. So, um, <laughs> but what was it? I broke. I so I attempted a world record, the anniversary of, of my um, the two year anniversary of my first meet, because that same meet was like a meet they do every year, the RPS Heat Wave. So mm-hmm. I did it my first year, then I did it the next July, and I hit 2,000 for the first time. And then I did it the, the July after that, and that's when I was, like, coming in, like, I'm going to break a world record. And what, all right, so what was your weight class, and, like, what what All that what was 220. I was trying to you break two, the okay. two, it was Dan Green's 220 record. I was trying Total to record or squat or deadlift? Total, <clears throat> total. It was 20, what was it? It was, like, 20, um, 2099. I was trying to break, and um, I couldn't get it because I couldn't lock out the deadlift for it, Oof. which sucked. That was yeah, so mad. You got it all the way up and couldn't lock it out? I think so. I got Oof. it pretty What'd close. What'd you call? Probably like nothing special. Probably like seven, I think 750 I was trying okay. to pull. Yeah. What's up, everyone? It's your favorite podcast producer, Nick Tricana, here to give you a word from our incredible sponsor over at Element. Because we love y'all so much over here at Hybrid Unlimited, we're going to hook you up with a free sample pack of Element just for you. Each sample pack includes eight grab-and-go packets in a variety of different flavors. All you have to do is go to drinkelement.com slash hybrid. That's drinklmnt.com slash hybrid. But, um, couldn't get that meat. Then I got some sort of injury because I was going to try to do it at um, Record Breakers in November. And I ended up just doing like deadlift only. Um, but then I did LA Fit in January and got it. So that was like two and a half years in. The record breakers was fun. I we remember oh, we went I out there with that meet. Who, and Jesse Burdick's the best. Yeah, who who was at that meet the year we were there? The old West there was a West Side guy. I can't remember his name, but it was his retirement meet. 
that he got hurt on his warm-ups for squats. Matt, it was a Matt Wedding? That's what I think. Was it? Because was he going raw? That's what yeah. I can think of. It was a raw. He was uh, going was he raw. big? Because Matt's like a big Yeah, guy. big guy, big beard. Like I saw yeah, him break yeah. a record at War Unity. I mean, one, he's I a freak. I just remember... Yeah. I just remember him, there was his retirement meet, he was warming up in the back room, and he like got hurt somehow. It's kind of like a tragic oh, story, because it was supposed kill. to be his last meet ever. And then, that was it. Well, yeah, that was the first one you did? Yeah, Ed was I center remember. judge, squat that, squats oh, on yeah. that day. What year was it? 18? 2018, maybe? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I think that it was 2018, been, it was about I four years ago, four and a half years ago. I yeah. probably did 20. 15 and 2016. That was the one, remember, no, 2016, I got that lung infection? Yeah. Do you know what happened to me at that meet? I, I vaguely remember. They So I I cut a bunch of weight. I went from like, I don't know, I cut like 20 pounds, I think, for that. Yeah. At least. Uh, from like one over 200 down to 181. And uh, by the time I got on the scale, you know, obviously I was like emaciated. But I got, I weighed in, made weight, came out of the way and still felt, felt just felt, I felt fine. Like I, yeah. I felt shitty cause I had cut a whole bunch of weight, but felt fine. And then I was standing around in a group kind of like, you know, when you're kind of out of it after cutting weight mm -hmm. and eventually I went to go speak. And when I spoke, it sounded like I just inhaled like helium out of a helium balloon. Like my voice was really all goofy and yeah, weird. And, uh, I was like, <clears throat> like I thought it was just something weird. Tried to talk again. Every time I tried to talk, it was like that. And then I was like, oh, that's so weird. Maybe it's something to do with my hydration. I went and got, you know, ate, drank yeah. as much as I could. And I started getting this pain in like what felt like my back. And it just kept getting worse and worse to the point where it ended up being like two in the morning or something like that. And I was like, Steffi was like, yeah, you need to go to the hospital. Like you're messed yeah. up. Every time I tried to breathe in, couldn't <laughs> go there. We take a bunch of x-rays, and they go, oh, we think you have a hole in your lung. Nah, good, good. I was like, what? <laughs> That's insane. Perfect. Like, how does that, I, like, I didn't do anything. I didn't get hit. I didn't get stabbed. Like, yeah. how is that possible? Whatever. They said, oh, it can happen, blah, 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 whatever. You can't compete. Gave me antibiotics as a precaution. And then uh, I didn't do the meat. But by the end of the, that day of the meat, I felt like, okay. But they had already told me I can't fly. Why can't you fly? Something they said because like if it pressure. is something like with your lung, you could cause it to collapse or whatever. I mean, you can't like get so, help. Yeah, and I'm in California, and at that point, we were in Chicago for Steffi's clinical rotation. So I rented a car drove to home. drive Oof. back to Chicago. <laughs> That's a tough drive. And what is that like three days? I split it up over three. I stopped in Reno, stopped in Salt Lake City, and then went straight from there. I think. Yeah. But. Uh, it was such such a boring drive. I actually ended up flying my mom out to meet me in Reno. I'm like, I'm like, can you please just come with me? Because I can't do this on my own. This is brutal. But by day two, I was 100%, like totally fine. So the antibiotics worked. I just had a lung infection. Because I was cutting weight in a disgusting sauna with a bunch of old dudes sitting in there naked coughing. Someone probably had yeah. something. I, ended I up cut in a wet sauna once and I was like, That's what this up. was. That was so like, that was tough. That was the first time I broke a world record, actually. Where that was, was that? Like, With a lung infection? I don't know if I had an infection, but I was like. <laughs> Didn't feel good. Because I cut like 28 pounds. Oof. 
and then lot. I was just That's like, by the time I was done sweating, I was just in bed with my vision just like going in and out, just like. So you've only ever competed at two twenty. No, I'm two forty two. No, I've been two forty two since. Oh, okay. Since you have, you still have the squat record, right? Two forty two. Yeah. He has the raw, uh, like in sleeves squat record at two. When did you set that? At hybrid two years ago. Oh no shit. Oh yeah, I was there for that. <laughs> I watched you do it. That's funny. Yeah. Man, I, feel I feel like, like it's, it's rare now in this day and age for a record to even stand that long. Probably. It's crazy. Like you said, like pe- people are so, such freaks now. I can't really think of any. Well, oh, that must I have mean, been the same meet as Jamal was there, right? Yeah. yeah. Is the it the same 971? Total. Is that the same meet where he yeah. pulled time? Yeah. yeah, yeah. God. That was a, he that broke was my epic. total there. <laughs> Man, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty epic. <laughs> that was. I haven't seen it. I mean, since I've been a little off the internet recently, I haven't seen his training. But he's the he's like, like the top of the pack as far as 242 guys, right? Yeah, and is Dan Griggs 242 too? He's 275. Oh, oh okay. He yeah, just did. Did you see what he just did? Yeah, he pulled like a 1,000 something. They've both yeah. been just like a thousand something. Plus you ever met him in real life? He did it hooks, yeah. no straps. A thousand. Training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over yeah. a thousand. Have yeah. you you've met him in real life? Yeah. He is a bunch of grapes. <laughs> nice, super nice dude, but he's just freakishly big. Just cartoonishly jacked. Yeah, yeah. I would be surprised he's if he was able jacked. to do 242. No, he's too big. I mean... Yeah, he's just too big. And he doesn't have fat on him. He's just fucking jacked. No, he's, he's shredded. And he, he also works uh, like a full-time job. You know, he serves in the military. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. and he's able to fit his training in around that. I thought that was super impressive. It's crazy when guys do that. Uh, who's the other guy that does that? Ashton? Oh, Ashton. Ruska. Freak. Another freak. It's like, how are you going to compete with somebody that that pound for pound is that strong? It's you know? insane. Well, Bob just beat him. Who did? did? Bob. He beat him at Nationals. Bob who? Bob, um, SSJ Bob on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Who's yeah. that? Bob Matthews. Bob Matthews. I got to look him up. Yeah, what's, what's he beat Bob? him from a weight class down. Whoa. Oh, that's right, because he's skinnier than him, isn't he? Yeah, he's like, well, they changed their weight classes. So it's oh, okay. 220, 242 over there now. What's he? Like he was two twenty. Oh, I saw this. This guy just popped up on the scene a couple years ago, oh, right? And he used to make all those kind of goofy videos. Yeah, well, he oh, still. Man. It looks like he still does. Get out. He squatted. What? He squatted seven something. Some sixty, seven, I think. This is seven forty in out. this video. Oh my god! Wow, what's he weigh? He's two two twenty. Oh, he's definitely gained some weight then. And he yeah. benched almost. When like, I when I first trained with him, he was like one ninety. Yeah. What's that? When I first trained with him, he was like 190. Wow. Dude, that's impressive. He's caught a lot of weight. It's like all his muscles, all in his legs. Yeah. He was so. This must have been like 2018, 19. I forget when, but he was doing like videos in college and shit. Yeah. And I didn't even know he was local, but I just messaged him, like, oh, can I send you like some barbell commission stuff, whatever? He was like, cool. And he was like, oh, by the way, I'm going to be down there. For Christmas break in like two weeks, I was like, "Oh, you're from here? What the hell?" And he came down, and he was, um, I think he was like near Black Tom Cruise, maybe because they were going to the gym together, and he was coming to Mount Vernon, and we all just started training together. And it was just oh. like, he just reminded me of kind of how I was before I started powerlifting, because I used to do a lot of shit, and people would like talk shit. What and I mean? just remember, like, was he getting like, haters? Yeah, you had, like, a lot of haters. When I first started powerlifting, I had, like, a lot of haters. They were like, oh, you don't know what you're doing. Like, what? Well, like I, all I, that I shit. Like, what, what were they saying about you back then? 
Just anything. I used to kind of squat high, so that was one. They would be like, oh, you, like you squat high, all that. How much were you squatting when you quote-unquote squatted high? No, I definitely did squat high. But All right. <laughs> um, How much were you squatting? I don't high? know. I fixed my depth pretty quick, so it wasn't really... I don't remember, like low sevens probably. <laughs> so like, yeah, that's pretty. Well, that's why stuff. people were annoyed. You're like new to it. You're squatting in the sevens. Yeah, I didn't know what squat depth was till my first meet. Right. Literally, it, I always squatted high. Like I didn't know that was high. Did you bomb out? No, I probably should have. They just oh. like I only got my opener. Yeah. And then I just kept going up and squatting higher and higher, and they just red lighted me. Wait, but I'm assuming my opener was probably high too. We skipped just, a lot of your, uh, your story going <laughs> off on whatever dumb tangent we just went off on. But like, I, I'm genuinely curious because I have followed you since mm-hmm. since you started, and like you and Larry were training together, and Black Tom Cruise were training together, and like that was like almost six years ago when I first started powerlifting. Yeah. So like, you just the word I think where we left off the history was you and Larry linked up, and you guys moved over to Mount Vernon Barbell, and this was the beginning of. No, we were at Coliseum first because Mount Vernon Vernon wasn't open yet. Mount Vernon probably opened in like 2017 probably. I forget what year that U.S. Open was. Probably 20... No, probably 2018. Probably 2018. So that's like three, four years in, Mm -hmm. five years in or something. Like that was a good while in. I already had broken world records and whatnot. Um, I think Larry did too already. I forget. Yeah, because that would have been around the time when we went to um, Strong New oh, yeah. York. You came up. Was that the first? And we came and trained with you guys. Second one. That was the second not burning. The first oh, location okay. was like right across the street. Okay, the one I went to was pretty nice. Yeah, that I was remember the walking one. in and being like, uh, "Larry, what are you doing today?" He's like, "Oh, nothing. Just you know, probably gonna go light or whatever." I was like, oh, "Okay, cool. You know, I do my workout. I look over." Like no less than fifteen minutes later, he's he's going for a PR <laughs> in the squad. I'm like, true, true oh. the brand name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's his company called? PR. Yeah. Apparently. PR. Yeah. PR strength. Personal PR, record. Yeah. 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 So yeah, he's like, definitely true to the culture. <laughs> what were you guys doing back then? Like, what what was the run like from then until now in terms of like training and? Well, like, me, I was kind of. Um, I just kept chasing records. Once I started, it didn't stop really. Um, but that, so the year I broke the 220 record, the first one was the knee wraps. Then the Squad next meet, total? the total. Then the next meet was Boss of Bosses. I broke the record again, but that was the first time Yuri came to the US. So he broke it, Yeah. that meet too. So he held, he held it. Which Boss of Bosses was that? Three? Four. Three, probably? Three. Three. That was three. Yeah, dude. I remember that. What was so shocking to me, I was like, I had never heard of Yuri before. That's so. And I compete at that meet, and I see you, Dan, all the guys. I see Yuri. I'm like, surely this guy's coming dead last. <laughs> but he's walking around so confident. And I'm just like, I don't get it. This, you know something's how we up got with Yuri? Because I used to like help them, like, kind of invite people to Boss of Bosses. Yeah. And every year they would try to get like one international person. Uh-huh. And I think the year before, like, they had Milanichev, but it was mm-hmm. like, I don't want to speak badly, but there were issues. <laughs> like, so they didn't want to like do Milanichev again, basically. Uh-huh. So I used to watch a lot of the Russian meets because that's when like WRPF started doing meets. 
So I would just watch them when they were on YouTube and I kept seeing Yuri break deadlift records because he had just been an IPF, but mm-hmm. like he had to go to the other side for whatever reason. And I just saw him like hitting these like huge deadlifts. And then I was trying to like think like, all right, if his deadlift's up this much, like how much might his squat and bench be up? Like I was trying to figure it out, but he was only doing deadlift meets. So I was like, yo, we got like. He also like, doesn't post training footage. Like he would post yeah, like a warm up thing. Yeah. Just didn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, we got to bring Yuri in. I'm like, this guy is crazy. He has to be like close to the world record total based on like how much his deadlift is up, right? So they bring Yuri in, like no one's heard of him. And I'm, I'm just like, fuck. Like I have no clue what his squad and bench is going to be. I'm like, I know he's going to crush me on deadlift, but I have no clue. I'm like, can I beat him on enough in squat and bench? Like, I don't know. Were you competing in raps that year? Yeah. I was okay. raps the first meet and this meet. You, Dan, and Yuri were all raps, right? Yeah. So this was the year, I think the year before I first got invited out to Boss Bosses. So I think I first went out with you guys in Boss Bosses 4. Mm-hmm. And that was the year Yuri was there with Kirill. Because I, I remember the first no, time I... I did the next no, one, too. No, it was Boss Bosses 5. Yeah, that, oh, had that, to be that was the one that we all went to, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did, did we go to 4? I don't remember if I did 4. I remember Steffi Ste- there. Steffi and I did 3. Steffi did four, and then we both did five. And the whole team did five. The whole team did uh, So, like, I remember when I was there with Yuri, whatever year that was, it was, like, him and Kirill, and Kirill was literally, like, like, I hadn't met Thor at that time, but at that time, he was the biggest human being I'd ever seen. Both gigantic. (laughs) Just, yeah, I haven't seen Kirill in person. Oh, he was there with Yuri, like, helping handle him, and it was, like, just look at him in the back room, like, fuck. That's Big dude. But anyways, so back to your, where so we, broke, wherever we were. We both broke the world record, but he obviously told more. Then in November, I did record breakers, and I broke the sleeves record. Mm-hmm. Um, I should have broke the squat record. Funny story, but basically at the time, the dude who had the squat record, it was like high. And I was like. It was a high squat. On drugs? <laughs> Probably actually. But no, it was just like clearly high squat. Oh, was um, it a mitt? Sapir? Yeah. <laughs> he had the record at like Oof. 828 or something. So I squat 810. And Ed Cohn was judging. And I didn't know if I could hit like 830 to death. So I didn't want to like go for it. Because I'm like, if I squatted high, like I don't want to squat high in front of Ed Cohn. Right. Like honestly. <laughs> then in high, like in hindsight, I'm like, I should have just fucking did it because... <laughs> he, he might have been nicer. He was, he was, he came up to me after the the time I did record breakers out there, and he's just like, "Just want to let you know, only that last squat counted." <laughs> and I was just like, "Damn, dude, like, really? So you should just red lighted me." He must have been feeling really generous that day, but yeah, I should have just did it. Well, outside. at least the one that counted for your total was the yeah, one yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm happy that was legit. Like hearing it from him was like, I was like half like. Felt pretty embarrassed about myself because, like, I didn't know Ed back then. He'll, he'll, yeah. he shoots it straight to anybody, though. Yeah, he's, he's great. So funny. Anyway, he, yeah. yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I broke the total at that meet, 220 sleeves, and I hadn't been doing sleeves for, like since my first couple of meets because mm. um, everyone used to do knee wraps back then. But I, like, actually sucked in knee wraps. I just. Really? Yeah, like, I never felt like I got a lot of them. Like, I would get, like, 70 pounds, maybe, but, like, I knew people would get, like, 100 plus. That's a lot. Yeah. 70 pounds is a lot. Is it? At yeah. Like I mean, but if you look yeah. like a guy like Tom Callis and how much he can get out of wraps, like, it's like I know 89% of your 
of your max at that time, I guess. If you squatted eight, most 10. people that around my weight that are squatting like somewhat similar numbers, I know get like a hundred plus. Hmm. What do you get? From what they've told me, honestly, I have, since I started squatting in wraps, like you know, my best squat was eight eighty one. I never even tried to max out in sleeves because it just fucking just hurts so much. Like I didn't, <laughs> I just it crushed. I, I didn't want to do it. Like I, I knew yeah. that like I was gonna keep powerlifting until I retired from powerlifting, and I would just keep doing it in wraps. So like, mm-hmm. you might be the only person that's ever asked me that question. Yeah. So I just didn't bother doing it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also, I feel like now. It might lean a little bit more towards sleeves, but definitely back then when you started, yeah. oh yeah, it was all wraps. It was all wraps. All yeah. the best people were competing yeah. in wraps. Yeah, and like especially in my weight class, I don't think there was a lot of dudes in the three hundred eight weight class like really pushing the envelope in sleeves. Nah. And especially you know, and above me, super heavies like. Only one I can think is like quads, like Rob, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. but he, he used to go like naked knee. He didn't even need need sleeves that guy. Yeah, like you could just he walk out. Bare-legged. I mean, that's like a, you know, bare-legged, one in a million and he'd dude. be wearing like Nike-free cross-training shoes. Yeah, like they care. wouldn't even be good, like flat-soled <laughs> shoes. They're just squishy heel. Squatting like nine hundred plus. <laughs> yeah. You know, I gotta say, he had a pretty squat. I always yeah. loved watching him squat because, like, I could kind of relate as a big dude, and he was he weighed more than me, but I could just see like the mechanics of his movement, and I was always so impressed by the way he did it. Yeah. Does he still compete? I don't think so. I haven't heard much from him so. in a long time. Well, he made his mark either way. Yeah. Yeah, he was a beast. I think he had some sort of injuries and then uh, might have done like a comeback meet or two, but I don't think. He's got like kids and all that. His kids are getting older, so he's like a real like, life. more focused on yeah. like their stuff. Yeah, good for I'm him, assuming. man. He was a nice dude. We we went out with him once down here, remember? Yeah, yeah, I do his too. Sweetheart. Beza, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked him. So, all right, I'm going to keep you on sidetrack. So that was that year, right? I yeah. competed all 220 and kept trying to break records. Then I was like, I'm done at 220. So the next year I moved up to 242. All my meets like sucked that year, I think. Uh, no, I, did I break the squat record that year? Were you like getting used to your new body weight at that point? I think I broke the squat record that year, actually. Not really, because I didn't gain that much weight. I went up like a little and just mm-hmm. didn't cut as much. Okay. Because at 220, I would cut from the 240s. Yeah. But for 242, I'd cut from like the 250s. So it wasn't like. That's not bad. Wild difference. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. 250 to 242 is nothing. You do yeah. That in a night. No. Um, I mean, sometimes I would get up to like 260, though, actually. But still, those cuts were. Cutting from 260s to 240s is definitely easier than 240s to 220s. Just, but you definitely have more water. The heavier you are, you have yeah, more water. Yeah, when I'm 260, I'm like full of water. Like, yeah. Fucking water buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. Well, I'm like 240, trying to cut to 220, I'm like way more lean. Yeah, you don't have much to play with at that point. No. But I moved up. I broke the squat record at 242, which was a huge goal of mine because that, um, that was Kirk Karwaski's squat record. So that was like a huge Oh, like, no way. Yeah, I was like, Damn, I Captain Kirk. Well, actually, technically, it was what a Mitt's record. I mean, it broke it by like a pound, actually. But I still felt like I was breaking his record. Yeah. So He's that a was legend, like a huge yeah. goal. Yeah. So I broke that. And then I started competing 242, but I kept getting like hurt. That's when like all the injuries started. And there's usually like annoying shit, like the shoulder issues that were like mm-hmm. enough to stop me from deadlifting, even though 
Really? My arm wasn't like hanging off the yeah. bone, but it was like enough, you know? Mm. Um, so that year was kind of a wash, except I broke the squat record, like 2018. 2019, I broke the total record. It's like I broke the, I've broken the squat record a few times, like in there. But I broke the total in 2019. 2020 was like the last time I broke the squat record at the hybrid meet. What'd you squat then? 860 or 859.9 or something. I remember. And you definitely addressed that uh, depth issue. There's no way you get called on depth anymore. Well, I I feel like red lighted at Showdown, actually. Did Did you you? really? Yeah. When was that? Last year. I feel like you're one of the deepest squatters. I tried to squat 861 at Showdown. It actually felt like my best squat ever. Like it was. And they red lighted you, really? I got red lighted. Sometimes some of the bigger meets, um, they like have something to prove. I feel like, and like, do you remember the U.S. Open that one year, when just yeah, everyone was getting red lighted everybody. for everything? Yeah, and they were just like IPF, hold my beer, and then just it <laughs> <laughs> just went nuts. We're gonna red light it. All you know the what good it was? Squats. I was at that one, but that was I bombed that meet. But um, one that stage, it was like this really high stage, and it was like bouncy. I hate that. And then you had all these. Were you at that one? The U.S. Open. No. The one where the platform was flapping. No. It was like bouncy, and then you had all these, like the 300 plus guys are in knee wraps on a bouncy stage. I remember. I know exactly. That's when they held it at the Expo Center. I was there. I wasn't competing. Yeah. No, not there was no 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 bear. But it was at the Expo Center. 2018, I think. No, that might have been 2019. Because I know I was there in the crowd with you guys. Maybe twenty. It was yeah. I because like I saw there was one dude super heavyweight. I can't remember which one it was. I don't think it was Rob. Because you're walking out too. And they were walking out, and this dude had on a bouncy stage. Yeah, he had like a thousand something on his back, and he took like three or four steps back. And it's like the the looking at this three hundred plus pound dude with a thousand and change on his back. I can't remember his name, but I just remember watching it in real life. There's a lot of controversy. I feel like it was either it was either Brandon, or um, was it Brandon? Brandon who? Brandon. Um, I know the one you're talking. His last name. Brandon Allen. Yeah. It was. It was the one with the teal backdrop, right? Not the red. Because I, I remember it, it was the, they used that and they also used that duffalo or the uh, it was the kabuki duffalo, the bar one that was a prototype oh, it hadn't yeah. been tested the squat bar yeah, was pretty yeah. whippy yeah, yeah so everybody was missing and then people complained about the deadlift bar because they said it was like too sharp I guess like well, people and, who hook ripped and one yeah. broke remember that yeah on the platform yeah, the, it broke that. the sleeve came off uh-huh. the, the bar so they switched it out yeah that the the year I did it was 2021 when. Gracie had it at the gym, and like they had a monolift there. It was the ghost monolift, like, mm-hmm. and that was, man, that was that was my best meet ever. But it was also one of the best run meets I've ever seen. And they just, I mean, we were out of there by like three o'clock, man. It was like, really, it was That's so. Good. And it was when Dan set, uh, I think he set his all-time world record total and squat record there. Dan Bell, if I'm remembering <laughs> correctly, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was like a freaky, freaky. I think he did. It was like a 500 kilo squat or something. Yeah, he's such a beast. It's crazy because I remember being in like Iowa at a meet with him and like Tom Callis and just like thinking to back then when he was training with the Lily Bridges, he was like the third guy because there was like Eric Lily Bridge yeah. and like Derek Kendall uh-huh. and then Dan Bell. But, but it's like now it's like he's done way better than them. Yeah. Way stronger. He's broken the records like multiple times. It's like, it's crazy. Dude, that guy. 
I, I can't say enough positive things about Dan because Dude, he's Dan's like awesome. every time I ever went to go train with him, he would like he would have like a really good crew of training partners and he would run training sessions like with all these people that he was friends with and like uplift them and say all this positive yeah, stuff Dan's to them. Awesome. Like I know we talked about this last time on the podcast, but like mm-hmm. the value of having a training environment like that, especially in powerlifting, which is so fucking brutal. Yeah. Like he yeah. was one of those dudes that could pull that off. Meanwhile, he would take an attempt in the middle of it all and he would squat eight, nine hundred pounds and like you're also go. forgetting that his intra workout beverage is just <laughs> yeah. beer. Okay, well, like he's athletes, just maybe awesome. drinking awesome. the whole time. I don't know how I could never in my life do that. Because he's in a good mood. He'll go to those meets. Like, <laughs> he has no not. fear. He's got that yeah. confidence. He, he, we were there at the U.S. Open, man. He was like, he was having a beer. He was just like happy the whole time. And it was like to have a lifter that well rounded and also like in a positive mood the yeah. whole time was something I've never oh, seen yeah. before. The, the Dan Bell giggle is something special. Yeah. <laughs> He's got that little schoolgirl giggle. Yeah, and it's like giggle, but like his beard is also almost reaching his eyes. And you just like can't help but be happy because he's happy. Yeah, he's such a nice dude. It's crazy how big he's gotten because he was huge like five years ago. And you mean now physically like, or yeah, like physically, like popular? Like, oh, okay. Yeah, he's like 400 pounds now. He's like just so, Is he still competing? so jacked. I'm I haven't sure. seen him in a while. I'm sure he is. I remember... I thought a year I mean, he ago, just did the ghost meet. He did really well. He did the, it this year? Yeah. yeah. But remember the did U.S. It? Open before that? He said it was going to be his last meet. Well, yeah. But yeah, I remember he, he like wanted briefly to retired. He didn't get the deadlift. He wanted to set. Right. I think he wanted a certain total. Didn't get the deadlift. I think he set that total record later. I don't know if it was like 2,600 he was yeah, shooting he, for. Yeah, he got it, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He got it and has done more meets since. I feel like he just loves lifting. Yeah. It's going to be yeah, tough to pry does. that man away from a barbell yeah. competitively. But then again, nobody's – I can't see a single person out there that could break that guy's record ever. Well, maybe not ever, but in the first – That's how it always looks. And then somebody like yes. John Hack comes along. Right. That's, I mean, like, that I remember guy, when Jesse Norris was breaking classes. records. <laughs> remember when Jesse Norris was breaking records? Oh, it yeah. was like, whoa, no one's ever going to touch that. And then John Hack, like – completely shits on those like he just benched 600 the other he's day. in a league of his own yeah. like that i saw that and that's like to me that's unbelievable because like i haven't even come close to that heavy but is he still a 198 john i think so i don't know why but that's crazy he's he, right around like he could do he just squat 800 i think so in he, sleeves? Could, he could do eight six nine which is like why compete against that what are you gonna do pretty insane well, that's like, the thing. He can just go to all the money meets and win every single collects. one, and like yeah. just keep doing that till you're like forty. Is there yeah. anybody even close to him competitively at this no. point? Like, cause I know that Jamal was uh, he, Jamal had a pretty good streak for a while. I don't know if he's still as strong as he used to but be. But he's like Jamal is two weight is classes yeah. under Jamal. Oh, I know. But like, just in terms of world record setting abilities, like you know Yuri and Jamal gutting for that world record deadlift, and like mm-hmm. you know. Because the thing is, everyone else, everyone else is just in, like, one weight class. He well, broke the records through four weight He broke the 242 record. Yeah, he's doing the outcome. He just breaks all the records, makes them as unattainable as possible, moves to the next weight class. Yeah, but at 198, he also broke the 220 and 242 record. Who did? John Hack. Oh, okay. Which is yeah, like yeah, yeah, Insane. Right, but like he should have his own, he should have his <laughs> own like better yeah like it's not fair to put him in the same like competitive space as the rest of the people that are competing because like that is 
Yeah, it's, I don't know what other guys are like breaking records in more than one class at this point besides him. Probably it's, because he has like four of them, so it doesn't leave many classes no, left. Do you know what he? What not. he did? He do sports or anything before powerlifting? I don't know. I can't imagine he didn't. But I don't know. He looks like he he might have just one day picked up a barbell. I'm like, I'm gonna do this. He had to have done something like a Clarence but, Kennedy, right? Like a Clarence guy, Kennedy type of vibe, yeah. Thing. Yeah. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. I I mean, but nowadays it's like. It used to, I, I said this before, but it used to be like being a power lifter meant you had like a criminal record, aggression, <laughs> aggression <laughs> issues, <laughs> tattoos, head to toe. Like it was nah, a real hard thing. So like, it's way too clean cut now. Like, Dude, now it's like, nerdy. you show me a power lifter and the first thing that comes to my mind is like, oh, this guy probably loves anime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's like. They're, it's it's not like, even that. It's just so like nerdy now. Like, but they're yeah. deadlifting like nine hundred pounds or eight hundred pounds. Like these guys are freaks. I don't know. And if they're that. just getting into, yeah, dude. There's a lot look of at, huge deadlifters now. No, no, I know. Not but a lot like, of huge I know who you're talking about. Like, I have the archetypical, like, that that kid, and they're like they're the kid that abides by the RP seven mentality and like will not exceed that. Dancing around the musical masters. music in the gym, like yeah. you know. But they're dude, there's there's so many that have just come out of the woodwork, especially like uh, through COVID. I got a little bit disconnected because I, there were no meets, and I kind of like yep. wasn't paying as close attention to you know who was coming up and stuff as much as I was in previous years. But the last little bit, I've been going back into it, and I'm just like, holy hell, man. All these, There's a 15-year-old kid that just benched 215 kilos. Okay, well, Damn. first 15. of all, fuck that kid. 15. All right, that's, that's unfair. <laughs> some corn-fed white kid out of... That's unfair. Some middle of the country I started place. lifting when I was 16, and I think my max was like 185 pounds. 400. He's almost benching 440. How old? 15? 15. How, old he? How much does he weigh? If, uh, he's a, a big, he's a big kid, <laughs> sure but he's, uh, he's like, not a fat kid. Like he's strong. That's ridiculous. He, he's a football player and yeah. it po- actually popped up on Reddit. That's how I saw it. That's ridiculous. I got a little Reddit notification, checked it out and I went and looked at his Instagram. I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. So like, all right, here's, I'm going to, I'm going to post an open question to you guys, since you're more connected to the, the world of lifting, I'd say like in terms of Instagram, like, uh-huh. Is the trend of powerlifters going to like that type of person, like the nerdy? Like well, that like, that guy didn't look that. That guy was a football. player. Not him. I'm saying like you know like the, yeah. the stereotypical. It's going like, like younger and younger because young, of social media. Kids. It's going like it's getting more widespread, and people are taking it like extremely serious at a very young age. Just yeah. Like, whereas before, it'd be like you do whatever sports career you have, and then you miss competing, and you're like, huh, what are my options? CrossFit. Too yeah. much cardio, weightlifting, <laughs> <laughs> weightlifting. Spoken like a true really hard <laughs> powerlifting. Just right. Yeah. That's yeah. how you end up. Like there, now, right? kids are like fourteen. And they're like, my plan is to like become an Instagram star, like through powerlifting. Like so that, I guess the, that's like the next step of my question. Like, mm-hmm. I remember when we all first started training together, and like even when you came down that one year, you and Larry were here. The gym opened, like you know, oh, like, yeah. things yeah. took off after but that. Like we all just started training. But like, I know that like at least the guys I was looking at, guys like you and even Larry back in the day, and like a bunch of the big strong, like you know, Dan Greens, people like that. Like they were just big, strong, like. 
rough they around really the edges. See much they look the part anymore. They the part. Right. Like I identified with that, even though I'm, I mean, I'm not the exact same person, but I identified with that kind of grittiness in powerlifting, and that's something I felt like a big attachment. Like another to. thing that's going on right now is people don't like want to be big anymore. Like they want to just stay small and just like. Squat bench dead, squat bench dead, squat bench dead. Like they don't want to put. And they don't want to put on muscle mass because I see that a lot. Like at least anecdotally, like I'll go into certain gyms and I'll see mm -hmm. like a lot of people training. Like even not at like a powerlifting gym, I'll go to like a bodybuilding gym and you'll see people doing clearly practicing powerlifting movements, but doing like all this just wacky shit around it, like things that are unnecessary and they're like a toothpick. Like they don't actually have any muscle yeah. mass on them to support what they're doing. They just want like a super efficient deadlift, super big arch on bench. But like, I think that that's, that's going too much the other way, you know? I think there's like a happy sort of middle ground yeah. because <clears throat> there's a reason why all the guys that from the previous generation looked like they lifted. It wasn't out of vanity. It's because there are certain things that you have to do to protect yourself, right? Like, you if you just do squat, bench, and deadlift, okay, that's pretty good at hitting a lot of different things, but it leaves holes in your athleticism. Yeah. Like, you you have to do more if you want to have a, like I always a healthy, people, complete physique. The people that get away with that are the exception, not the rule. Like, like there's people that can do that, and it works. Good for them, but like for most people, it's not going like to. Even John, when he first started, I first saw him competing. Like probably the same way you looked at Erie, you're like, like no way he's that strong. And then you see them, and they're just like superhuman. But John's even like developed some pretty he, significant. John, he's gotten like, John's a house. Yeah, yeah, he's. <laughs> and same he's with Yuri. I mean, man. when you see Yuri in person, like I remember the last time we saw him when I guess he could travel here. Mm -hmm. Like you know, he's clearly you know built to do what he's doing. And you know what? And and. To be fair, like compared to Kevin or Dan, <coughs> Yuri didn't look like this like really big jack guy, but he did look athletic and strong. Like he didn't look like a like a non-athletic just like. Well, dude, same yeah, with Clarence. You know Clarence Kennedy, the weightlifter. Yeah, yeah from, I've never seen him in person though. He's in great shape, but he's not like it's like somebody would look at you on the street and they're like. What do you do? You know, like, yeah. what, what kind of training are you involved in? The thing is, like, I'm not, like, really a powerlifter, though. Like, you don't consider yourself a powerlifter? I love competing in powerlifting, and I'm good at it, but I'm not, like, a powerlifter. What would you tell people, then? Like, I was a sprint. Like, I'm an athlete. I'm very athletic. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I was yeah. a good jumper. I was a good sprinter. And then when I graduated, I trained more like a bodybuilder. So it's like... Can we talk about that for a minute? Cause even actually, now, like, I train... Like a bodybuilder that likes squatting and benching and deadlifting. I, I, I want to go down that rabbit hole then, even if it's for five minutes, because I think that that's something I've always brought up with people, especially young dudes in the sports. We start mm -hmm. touching on this a minute ago, but there's almost this mindset now where like people are exclusively focusing on this like specific thing that they're going to compete with, which I think is great. Like squat, bench, and deadlift, it's great to like practice it, but I think that at least in my opinion, there's a lot to be said for really focusing, especially if you want to be somebody like Kevin who squats 800 pounds, like you need the body to support it. You know, yeah. you need the muscle mass to support it. So this type of training, like bodybuilding style training, like from the time I was 15 to 25, like that's all I did you know, for mm -hmm. 10 years straight, like five, six days a week, like a maniac in the gym. But it was like looking at dudes like, you know, back like 09 Jay Cutler and like, 
Yeah, like I, was, I was more in a bodybuilding before powerlifting. Like really? I just kind of happened to fall into powerlifting, but yeah, I definitely like looked at bodybuilding more. Like I liked Ronnie Coleman and like Johnny Jackson. Like I always trained like a bodybuilder. I still do. The majority of the time I'm in the gym. Like if I I squat first, but then I do like a ton of like hypertrophy work. Like always. You like that better? Yeah, it's just that's like what I know. Yeah. I don't even. The times where like I'm just doing squat, bench, deadlift are usually closer to comp, and it usually adds up pretty quick, and I get beat up like real yeah, fast. Yeah, it's tough. Um, but I think that's the way to do it, right? Like I said, all those other bodybuilding when you're not a bodybuilder protects you against all these other things. Like if you, even yeah. if you look at Olympic weightlifting, you look at all the countries that dominate. You know, like Russia, all the Eastern European Eastern countries, Europe, yeah. the Asian countries they all are jacked yeah. and they're all doing a lot of accessory work. They're not yeah. just coming in doing snatch clean and jerk and going home the way that, you know, North American weightlifters think. Yeah. And it's the same thing with that. Yeah. We talked about that last time we talked to, um, Sonny, right? Like I feel like with every sport, like every discipline, whether it's powerlifting or weightlifting, like there's a dogma that exists. So like now I think the dogma is a lot more geared toward those younger dudes and they're, you, you see them now physically being less developed than like yeah. say the guys of like your generation or like you know, everybody knows Dan Green. If you go look at Dan Green, like you know that dude is the strongest person you've ever met in your life unless you yeah. happen to have met like Thor or something. Or Yeah, I mean it's... Again, because all of us were probably into bodybuilders. Because even when we were younger, that's who we saw. Like, you didn't really see powerlifters. Mm-hmm. It's just now you have Instagram and stuff, so, like, you see them. And you're like, oh, like, I can... Because you got... The younger generation, first of all, just wants to, like, be popular on Instagram. Yeah, for sure. So they're really going to focus on, like, big deadlift, big squat. Because that's, like, what's going to get them views. So that's all they focus on, like... You can't you can't post like bicep curls and get a lot of views. So, brother, just not you good. go train over at some of the bodybuilding <laughs> gyms in Miami one day, and yeah. those dudes will live stream and take videos of anything. Like, <laughs> they will be videotaping themselves doing dance doing moves in the middle of a fucking cable crossover machine. Don't get me started. Oh, like, like the TikTok, the TikTok generation. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I mean, listen. I feel I feel like I'm so out of the loop, but like I'll go into the gym some days. Because I go over there, use their hypertrophy machines, like bodybuilding stuff, and like I'll see everyone is filming something, and I don't know what they're filming. Yeah, dude, I I've been venturing into TikTok lately, like look, trying to like. See are you actually doing like on. dances? Or are you doing like? I'm not dancing. <laughs> no, I'm not dancing. I'm not like, doing I'm like. White, I'm a true white guy. Walking up to the bench and all that. <laughs> no, no, no. But I, no, I mean, I've been, I've been, I've been consuming the content yeah. more than anything. But the amount of attention that people get for anything is unbelievable. I tuned into a, a, a live, like a TikTok live, yeah. and all it is, this woman has a cult following, and it's not just her. This category has tons of well-known people. What's the category? She goes to a bingo hall and plays bingo. Okay. What? That's all she does. And I she, could not have guessed that in a million years. This chick, she's sitting there. It's, she's got like a little, I guess, a tripod or something. The camera's filming her. And she's got her bingo cards. And she's going, dabbing them with the little bingo marker thing. <laughs> Is she young? And the live stream's popping off, dude. Like, people are commenting. 
going nuts. Oh, you almost had it there. <laughs> like, wow. you, you're kidding me. I swear. People tune in to watch. How old is she? This lady was, might, might have been 40. They're watching a 40 year old woman play bingo. Thousands That's of like people. so before our generation. Dude, the li- right. I like, know. I barely remember bingo. And it's come from, full like, circle. When I was a kid. But there's, like, a, there's, a, lot of, there's <laughs> a lot of older people on TikTok too. Dude, my parents. That are crushing Yeah, it. for sure. My parents, well, they don't, they don't make content, but they're like, they'll send me TikToks. I'm like, dad, go to bed. <laughs> what the fuck are you, like, I don't even, I don't, I'm not on any social media. Like, what are you doing? Don't send me this. That's amazing. They're like, oh, it's funny. Like, my dad's become obsessed with uh, Family Guy. He'll, like, send me, like, clips of Stewie. I'm like, where have you been the last 30 years? Like, raising me? <laughs> Dude, I mean, to be honest, I did watch that live out of pure curiosity for, like, 20 That's minutes. That's what happens. I was watching it being like, there's got to be more to it than this. Does she do something at the end? Like, whatever. I can't nope, do it because I'm finished. too. I still like kind of have ADD, so it's like I don't really look at stories. I can't look at reels really because I just will lose like three hours of my life. Oh, so it's like when I go on it's Instagram, it's like I go through the feed and like that's it. It's <laughs> like I have to like get away. It's the end of the day thing for me, but the reels do get you if you get on a reel from the Explore page on Instagram. Yeah, it gets just, me sometimes. It just all the loosely connected content that just keeps you in there, yeah. they've really got it down. And then gotcha. all of a sudden you're buying a brand new watch and you're like, I don't even know how I got here. I buy Dude, shit off you know what sucks so me much. in? Like clothes. Oh, for sure. Never fit right. Like. I had that problem with <laughs> yeah, shoes. I've done that too. So much. It's some company from China. Their, their double XL is like actually a small. I bought two pairs of pants last <laughs> week that are like tights. It's like, <laughs> the fuck? You're, you're a Lululemon man, aren't you? These are, yo, this is so fucking funny because, like, <laughs> I was asking Joanna because I'm like, oh, I need some slacks. And she's like, Lululemon. And I asked one of my other friends and she said the same thing. Yep. And I get these, so I get a couple pairs of Lululemons and every time I wear them, someone, like, is like, Lululemon. And I'm like, they're fucking plain black pants. Like, how I do you know? Wearing. Yeah, you, I've got, like, you, you six pairs cult, of those. Dude. This is Lululemon. But here's the thing, though. These look like plain black slacks. I know what you're wearing. I know what you're wearing. We've been in the cult for a while. There's not like a pocket that you're like, oh, it's a Lululemon pocket. If you know, you know what? It's like. It's (laughs) because you're too big to wear normal pants. That's how we know. Oh, for sure. (laughs) I was like, I was looking at his legs. I'm like, there's no way those are anything but Lululemon. Not a chance. But I feel like they look like. They, do. they look like they don't have like a pants. stitch or something. No. Like, oh, that's the stitch. Like I could tell those. No. Like I just I have so many pairs of them that I know. <laughs> Anytime I wear them, someone's like, "Oh, Lulu." I'm like, "Yeah, well, like, <laughs> yeah, I guess." I feel like we could talk about it here. If you're out in public, you're not just gonna go up and be like, "Lululemon." <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here! Don't talk to me about that. Like, what are you wearing? Is that from Target? They are. They are great though. They but like, if you're they are pro- good. if you're a professional or like. In the airline industry, I just learned this. They call they would call you a customer of size. <laughs> and my so my sister works for Southwest. I don't know what that just a customer of size. All right, so all right, I'm gonna give everybody that way worse than everybody that's listening. I'm gonna give you a big so guy. I'm gonna give you a life hack. Customer of According size. to my sister, okay. if you are a customer of size <laughs> and the, and you feel like you will inconvenience the person next to you because of your size. They will account. They can. I don't say they will, but they can accommodate you and give you a free seat. And also on this airline, 
if you is it just southwest or is this across the board again i don't know this is just southwest you'll probably find out after this that either what i'm saying is completely wrong or there's every airline it's probably just if there's like two empty seats they'll give you oh wait it gets better it gets better if you're a customer (laughs) of size like myself and you and mr oak i count i I don't know what's the cutoff i don't know i mean you what do you weigh now 200, but my biggest 220. I'll bulk back up for it. Uh, <laughs> 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 all right. So if all right, I don't know what the cutoff is, but like I know I fit into it. You would de- you're a wide man. You would definitely fit into it's it. Shoulders <laughs> mostly. Yeah. yeah. So you're gonna ruin the person next to you. You're gonna ruin I'm their time on like that airplane. Pretty accommodating for people. How much do you? But I always get the look as I'm walking. Yeah. Because I always get on like, planes like pretty much last. They look at Kevin either, sitting right next to him. If either of you. Tr- came and we're like, oh, excuse me, this is my seat. I used to be like, yeah, I always get that. So if, <laughs> at least on this airline, if you're a customer of size, you can book two seats and they'll put them next to each other. And then I guess when you get to the plane, they'll refund you and they'll keep that seat next to you open. Whoa, that sounds like that's a life hack. That. You're welcome to anyone listening. Anybody listening, if you're a big money. man like me. Either you buy first class or you get the customer of size accommodation. Have, is that like a secret password? Do you have to know? Do you have to say I'm I a felt customer like my of sis- size? I, I learned something every day. Now, the, <laughs> now, like since my sister started doing this, like I'll t- I go out to dinner with her and I'm just like, tell me, just yeah. let it. She's go. like a life hacker. Well, no, she's, she's a big. Fl- he's a big flight guy. I love, yeah, yeah. I love traveling, and I'm like guy. really nerdy about like the but flights I the, take and all hate that. Hate the plane part. Obviously. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't like being uncomfortable. Yeah, that's I'm fair. all right on planes if I just get. I just try to get the aisle. That's fine because at least you can only inconvenience if I can, the like, trolley. I can like kind of lean one way and just stick a leg in the aisle. I'm like, oh, right. but you're guaranteed getting run over intentionally by the car. I'm really at least good once. at like, even when I'm asleep, I'm just really good at like just turning. Like <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. Like I'm you just, have to be. Sometimes over the years, I've gotten really like I keep my foot like really to the side of the chair and. You, you have to, because those flight attendants, sometimes they want to make a point. They do it on purpose. They make, they make an example out of you. This, this guy's going down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like there's a certain point. I guess that some athletes, bodybuilders, like they can all relate to this, but like there's a certain cutoff point in your life where you're like, you got to make a conscious decision about how you're going to fly in the future. If you're, if you're too wide, like either you know that you have to spend X amount of dollars on the trip and you're comfortable, or you're mm-hmm. going to suffer. Yeah. Because you'll I be sitting there. Not much. Only when I'm really close to competition, because then you're real stiff. My shoulder gets sore if it's like. It gets like a little sore, a but time. not like, oh my God, I can't do this. The last it's few times like, it's right, happened to me, like, kind of I just end up sitting like this. Like my wife's sitting next to me or something. And you're like this, and then you're just sweating the whole time. It's a stress sweat. I always put the air right in my face. It is. The worst kind. That yeah, but that help. stupid air thing just sh- it shoots you and. Freezes one. <laughs> it's like a three laser. millimeter <laughs> by diameter space on your head or your eyeball. You you wake up and you're like, why is my eye a raisin? It's terrible. The whole thing's brutal. I just at some point you got to rest make your a body choice. sweating. That's it. Yeah, yeah, it's disgusting. I'm like, you don't. I mean, I'll like food. run hot. So just the air in my face is usually good. You don't run hot. Nice. I don't run oh, hot. You're so. Well, lucky. now that you got that little lemon swagger going, <laughs> the whole world's your oyster. It's only for work. <laughs> I'm using oh, joggers and t-shirt. Yeah, all right. This is random. Do you keep up with Larry still? Because like I know he's he's in. Not really. No. Is he in Dubai <laughs> still? Years. I don't know. Probably. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Just freakishly lifting still. He's dating Jen Selter. Is he? Yes. Sir. That's uh, the last I've he, noticed. I haven't seen anything from him in a while. 
brother. But, You're asking the wrong guy. Yeah, well, that's the last I saw. We'll say dude's done amazing. I would not have, like... Really? Thought... Like, I knew he was, like, fucking out of this world, but... To see, like, how big he's gotten on social media, like, it's, like... Has his... Good for you. Like, apparel <laughs> and clothing brand, like, reached, like, a whole... So I've seen, like, random people wearing it. People you would never expect to be so. a thing. Like, for the most part... If someone has that many followers, like they're gonna sell shit. If they yeah. like, if they own their own thing, like, so, like people are buying it. Yeah. But it, like, does, yeah. But I think you still have to have some sort of business savvy and good marketing because it's so competitive now. Yeah. Because every guy has their, some their thing, thing. and yeah. yeah. But he's literally like he's in like the millions. I feel like when you're in the millions, and people like really connect with you, kind of not just like yeah. He's really nailed down that sort of like 13 like to a, 17 yeah. sort of yeah. new gym goer. Honestly, it's probably good overall. Like whether you think positively or negatively of like his lifting or him as a person, honestly, it doesn't matter. That most performance. I don't care. You know, a lot of people like. Great. I don't know. A lot of people get bent out of shape about like what people do and stuff. And I've always been like, I don't really. If he brings selling, people. If you're selling sport, T-shirts and someone wants to buy it, like what? Like yeah, it's not like it, I'm it's not fun. like no, you're the incorrect person yeah. to, like, <laughs> to sell fuck. T-shirts. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care. Yeah, like, no, like, you're teaching kids to roll. Like, listen, kids could do like whatever they want. You know what I've always appreciated about him, actually, because I I only met him once. Mm-hmm. When I met him, he was super nice. It was when you guys were down here together, yeah. but he was one of the only people I've ever seen openly talk about peds mm. and like i know that's a controversial topic so but that's a big th- so i thought it was important it's tough there's two sides to that right because pete rubish has a podcast now right okay and everyone he has and he's real open about, about it. it too right because well, he, well, like, he's done he's documented his entire transition from coming off of gear permanently oh really yeah over the last little bit right yeah i feel like you know we kept talking about like this period of time where there was almost like a genesis of bodybuilding. You're talking about the beginning of Phil Heath's run, Jay Cutler's run, and you were talking about the end of Ronnie Coleman's run. And like, there's this big, I don't want, I don't know how to say it, but almost like unspoken secret in the world of bodybuilding and in the world of strength sports where like, you know, it's PEDs, right? And like, there's a couple people out there that at least if they're talking about it in a somewhat intelligent manner and being like, hey guys, like I'm doing this. This is this is why I made this decision. And like being open about it. Like I appreciated the fact that Larry at least talked about it and like was mm-hmm. somewhat transparent because it at least allows people to make an educated decision. Let me be devil's advocate though. Yeah, okay. So me too. <laughs> let's say Larry, despite his best efforts, and this is not to say he is or isn't, this is a hypothetical, is super misinformed. So he's telling all these kids what he does, right? And they're looking at him and they say, well, he looks pretty healthy. He looks fine. And he's killing it in life. He's successful, you know, making good money. Got a good looking girlfriend. Uh, he's, his lifting's going great. Based on what he's saying he did, and where he's at, mm-hmm. this seems like a reasonable path to take. I'm going to do that same thing. What happens if, you know, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, whatever Larry was doing causes liver failure or some sort of kidney thing? Or, and you're right. So, you like, know? my like, statement need, needs doctors. to be taken with an asterisk. Like, 
I'm not promoting it. I'm not saying it's the right decision. And I'm not saying that anybody should. Like, I can't tell you this is the right decision for you. Nobody can make that decision. But I think in this world, this day and age where it's happening, mm -hmm. there needs to be resources. Should somebody arrive at that conclusion of their own? And now maybe Larry's not the right dude to bring it to light. But what I can appreciate is like a little bit of transparency. And if that leads to there being more resources medically for there, for, for there to be people to talk to about this stuff, because like mm -hmm. you guys know how many times back in the day have you heard of people giving crazy advice to other people or giving bro advice in the gym? Yeah. Like it's not a good system. So at yeah. the, I guess my point is at the very least, like medically speaking, there should be somebody with It'd some positive direction. It would be nice if there was more like good advice out there. In but general, at the same yeah. time, I feel like most of the people that publicly speak about it, or they're not doing it to give good advice. They're doing it for attention. Yeah, and I think that's a pretty important distinction to make. Because like, I'm not saying one person is out, but just because they're being transparent mm -hmm. doesn't mean they're giving advice or good advice or and bad And they're not advice. really... The majority of the time, I feel like they're lying. Like They're not really saying what they're... You know what oh, I mean? Oh, I don't like, take very much. I do... Uh, it's always just like I've never right. heard someone come out and say like, "Oh, like I take a lot," unless they're saying they take a lot for attention. Except for uh, I think Duffin put something out one time. It I, I don't know. Was if Duffin that has though? some stuff that looked out. that looked like that was pretty. If intense. that was true, the man should be studied by science. Duffin's pretty open. See, Duffin. So Duffin's how I feel like most people actually are, because I've personally messaged him and he'll just tell me because he's not mm -hmm. like most people aren't liars. Right. But there's a level of, like, I can't just publicly say to any random smell, like... Yeah, sure. It's like, I have to live my life. I may do business things. Like, do I want any random person to Google me? And it just says, like, steroid this and steroid that. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. it's just not a good look for you. And it's yeah. like, who's reading that? But it's like, if you're talking to someone that, like, you kind of know who they are and, like, what they're into, then you can, like, have an honest conversation about well, it. Like I think health yeah, advice is kind of important. Like, you know, how Stan Efferding's taken a big stance on like, all right, there's a PED side of things, that's fine. Like, go seek professional advice on that. But at least trying to make the most of what some people consider to be somewhat unhealthy activity, like bodybuilding, to an extreme level, like, you know, mm -hmm. probably not good for your long-term health, as we've seen with a lot of recent deaths and abusive drugs, like, yeah. I feel like the conversation needs to be there and like maybe it will lead to a good positive avenue because it's like people weren't asking those questions about bodybuilders back in the day they weren't being like oh I wonder what they're doing to get to that size because it's like it wasn't as public knowledge back then but if if we could get to a point in the bodybuilding world strength sport world like in general where good health advice gets to people medically and and from from a position of science not just bro advice in the gym like everybody will be a lot better off and then they can make yep. educated decisions on whatever they want instead of young kids coming into the sport and seeing something on youtube and be like like you said sure yeah. like that was a good point because like if that person just sees a youtube video and they're like well i could be driving some fancy car in an exotic location <laughs> and this is part of that journey well like maybe they won't critically think like well what are the health consequences of that and seemingly there are none at this point of, of well you know whoever the person is is yeah. life you know yeah it's just more good medical advice especially in this this world and like 
probably the world of football and American football and like all sorts of other stuff. Cause like, it's so funny. Like I'll get my dad, you know, like keep giving his opinion on certain things. And it's just like, yeah, like you love football. It's like, you ever seen a 300 pound dude run a sprint? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. That's Why do you think tough. that guy's almost as fast as Usain Bolt? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and he's 300 pounds. Like, do you see some kind of, <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah, I always have to like get into this with like people who aren't into like the gym, where they're yeah. just like, "No, that person's definitely natural." And I'm just like, it's also kind of a ridiculous conversation because like everybody wants to. I don't want to say everybody. There's you, the you way people comment. judge it is like, "Oh, they seem like a good guy." Like, yeah, like like Lance Armstrong. <laughs> like that's right? what makes like, a difference. Like yeah, people yeah. demonized Lance Armstrong. Yeah, I love Lance Armstrong to this day. And like, he, honestly, that dude honestly, did more for the sport of cycling than I could maybe anybody in existence that has ever been a professional cyclist. On He's top of for that, sure the most famous guy of all time in all of cycling. Yeah. He brought the most attention to that sport. But on right. top of that, like, slide. the top, like, 30 people in his races all and eventually got to Did you guys see the doc- <laughs> But he was a lightning rod for the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, you saw the documentary that came out about him, right? Yeah. Yes. No, there was a couple. I saw Icarus, but I saw it was the one that was on him. I think it was the the Armstrong lie. Maybe it was called. It was either on HBO or ESPN, but it was very well done. But the whole reason that he got outed was because told on right his teammate Floyd Landis, who was part of the original USPS side. Because my dad's a cyclist, so I grew up watching this stuff. Like his his old teammate Floyd Landis, he was making a comeback. So like Floyd or Lance retired, came back. Formed a new team, comeback tour. Floyd Landis wanted to be on it, but Floyd Landis was just coming off of doping ban because he actually got caught. Floyd was his old teammate on the old USPS team. So he came back, at least in the documentary, the way that they characterize this, he wanted to be on the team. Lance said, no, it's going to be a bad publicity look for us. And then at some point, you know, he went to the press and said, this is what happened all those years during USPS cycling. And Lance was at the center of it. And then the, the floodgates broke loose, I guess. And just wow. it just turned everybody against what? him. There's this $100 million lawsuit against Lance Armstrong. And, like, it was nuts. Man, what a bad guy. Floyd Landis just sounds like a tattletale, huh? Dude. <laughs> but, like, epic cyclist. Like, he was... To, to be on that USPS team back in the day with Lance as, like, his, like, like his right-hand man was... No small task. My theory has always been, which I don't know if it actually makes sense, but it does in my head, was that because he had cancer and his body was, like, completely worn down, like, all of the muscle he built back was, like, steroid muscle, so it was, like, just more efficient He had one. He had one. He had one. Testicle? Yeah. Yeah. I think he was left with one. Does that work? Probably. Don't ask me. I'm neither a scientist or a one testicle man. <laughs> yeah, That's crazy. I have no he came back from cancer. He was down to like nothing. And he was like still riding that away. whole time too. Yeah. Was he really? Yeah. Wow. Like epic, epic athlete. I feel like he got, uh, maybe he was the unfair lightning rod for that whole movement. Yeah. Because you were right. Like all of the top dudes, almost every top Dude, when they look cyclists. back, it's like the top 30 guys all eventually got caught. Well, and even the guys after that, they probably just passed the test, you know? Like, they well, he never actually failed, too. I don't think. He never did. He was, he the never, most, no, he was like the most tested guy yeah. on the circuit back then because the French hated him because he came over and won their, like, 
the loving race. A lot of like the most famous like <laughs> doping people never actually fail. They just someone ratted them out. I fucking it's what's it called? Them. Their biological passport. That's what they how they get them. What's so that? They take like their blood sample. Mm-hmm. Well, he was blood doping. Can, but they can also see if you've taken substances for certain periods of time. Oh yeah. How your blood changes. Really? That's now. So they took yeah. before. Mm-hmm. Like this was oh, you okay. five years ago. This is you now. This change can only happen with the introduction of these substances. And that's how they ended up. I don't know about you guys, but that race, like, and I've been to some of the places where that race takes place, but like, they're going a hundred something kilometers a day for three weeks straight. Like, yeah, I don't insane. know how anybody could do that. They'll, have you ever ri- ridden a bicycle up a hill? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's they'll do that for like an hour straight. I cannot imagine and it's like anything more miserable they'll do time trials up those mountains. So like, like I've driven some of those mountains that they do the races up. And like, there'll be guys like riding amateurs riding next to us, and they're just like fucking snails pace up that mountain. Yeah. But they'll do time trials up those mountains during the Tour de France and the other one in Italy, and like they'll have to literally race up that mountain to make the fastest time. And it's yeah. that's I've always brutal. told myself like when I'm done with powerlifting, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get into cycling. <laughs> You know, I I said the same thing, man. So maybe when when you're done, we'll link up and go on. Have you ever been on like the bank track? Where I want to do sprint cycling, but oh, like in a velodrome? Nah, I've never done that. I've just done flat out cycling. Well, that's a bigger guy thing that might be friendlier for you. (laughs) I could probably do that. I should find out. That's a strength thing. Right? Yeah. Have you seen the guys that do that, bro? Oh, because I have like no legs compared to my upper body. There's that. If one, I do that for five years, like it might. You've seen out. the one German guy? I think his name's like yeah, Robert, Robert Forster. Yeah, that's just, the guy. I mean, he's got to be a one-off. Yeah, he's a freak. He's, he's, but they all have. They're like speed skaters. They all have those big, big quads. All quads. Yeah. All quads. Yeah, dude. You're, I mean, you're, look. Think about what they're doing. Just quad extension after quad extension, just going yeah. through God. that. It's crazy. That guy sounds like a freak. So. We definitely went way down a rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> I don't even remember where we started. What What's next? Like I, I don't even know. You just you just competed recently, right? I did a meet in um, April. I competed. How'd you do? I did full meet for the first time in like two years. I did all right. My issue is um, since I tore my lat, I just my deadlift is down like a hundred pounds. Like it just really, I can't fucking pull. <laughs> like it sucks. Oh, is it, so my squat and bench were like pretty similar. Okay. And then my deadlift was a hundred pounds lower. You have plans to compete again? I, w- I want to do hybrid. Oh, we'll nice. see like if I'm not completely broken. <laughs> like I don't know. Hey, At this point, because I was going to do a strongman comp soon, and I was training for it, and I just basically completely strained like both of my biceps. So what, I just, doing what? It wasn't even yeah. in an instant. It was just each week I was just getting weaker and weaker because yeah. my biceps were getting worse and worse to the point that I was like, I can't even press now. Strongman's got to be the most painful of like the true strength sports. Seeing what those guys have to do, man, it's just yeah, strongman's it, really hard. Yeah, all the auto. When I started doing it, I immediately fucked up like my lower back and hips because my body wasn't used to going into an extension. I kind of was had that in control like it still sucked but like i was able to kind of train through and then my biceps were like were you training dope. down there with battle axe for that yeah that's awesome they trained saturday mornings at like yeah, six those guys i've tough. never trained with them but i've just heard they're savages they're great yeah, they good. uh jeff reached out to them just recently to get a circus dumbbell, dumbbell for yeah. when uh eddie came to town oh, nice. shoot some videos and stuff 
and just like no questions asked. They're like, yeah, sure, whatever. So they, I they think they seem like great guys. The guy's name is Mike, right? Yeah. He ru- he ran or runs this meet uh, out at somewhere. It's like it's, Miami's strongest man or something. A couple. Well, it's not, he it's does a couple. Not Miami's baddest man, but there's oh. a powerlifting meet. But like, oh, okay. Like you could see that guy's work ethic, and it's the same thing I've heard about the way he trains with people, and you could probably attest to this. Yeah. But the meet was just run unbelievably well. We should get him on the pod. Yeah. He looks like an interesting dude. Yeah, he's yeah. Yeah, he's like a lot of I, stories. <laughs> a lot really? of life. He's yeah. been through a lot of life. I feel like he has a really interesting gym. I've and, never trained and there. They've been a staple, man. As long as I've been in Miami, they've been here. Yeah, that's just pure passion though. They just celebrated yeah. the ten year. I went to the ten, wow. Really? They had, a, whole, they had a party at a bar that had great fucking beer. I gotta go. Which back to that. Uh, what was it? I forgot. It's out there by them, like blocks oh, away. Okay. okay. But that Man, yeah, they I don't like beer. beer I'm there. a cider guy. Yeah, but those beers are really. They had the the last meet I went. One of my friends was doing. Uh, shout out Vaughn if you hear this. He uh, they had this meet out at a brewery. I think it was called Unnamed Brewing Company out in Hialeah, like in the middle of Hialeah. But it was amazing, beautiful, massive brewery. I mean, it was probably like a yeah. thirty, forty thousand square foot brewery, and they oh, had wow. this meet so like cool. smack in the center of it, like. It, it was that's it a really was, cool venue. I think Steffi sent me that actually and said that how cool is this dude? Yeah, it was actually yeah. yeah, it was really you had to walk in through the bar. Yeah, that's, that's cool. cool. And there were people taking breaks in the middle of the day, it was drinking out there. It was, it was really fun. <laughs> so, in Dan Bell fashion. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't there. I'll cool never though. forget I did a meet in Iowa with all the Lilybridge team Lilybridge guys, like a UPA meet, and it was like I was so used to being so structured at meets, and I go there, and it's like all about squats, obviously, because it was like the Lady Bridges right. and all of them. And then, like when it's time for the break for bench, everyone's like, "All right, let's go to the bar." Like, what? and like everyone just like goes to the bar, and I'm just like, "What?" <laughs> like, I'm like, "All right, I guess." Like, <laughs> and then they just kind of come back, like kind of bench, and then like focus on deadlifts. Just kind focus on deadlifts. Yeah, like, then focus on deadlifts. Everyone's like bench, like whatever. <laughs> I mean, listen, let's be real. Benching's overrated. I hate bench. Totally like not bench. fun. Yeah. I like bench, and but yeah, I'm always like hurts. tearing my shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, that was the only thing that ever hurt me. Like, I never got truly injured, but I, now I just can't bench heavy because it's yeah. this whole whatever's going on over here. Like, I'm pretty sure this shoulder's torn right now. Oh. Pretty confident. Yeah, so <laughs> bench is overrated. Yeah. I tried to bench because I, I didn't press for like a month once I realized my biceps were like done. And I came back. I did like two seventy five for like five. <laughs> like I was just like, "Holy shit, this is bad." Then the next week I did three fifty for five, and I was like, "All right, that's like a little, that's like almost respectable, but like almost respectable." <laughs> that was like my level where it started getting like real painful, and I had to stop. On like, the oh. descent, at the bottom, yeah, yeah, oh, that's the yeah. worst. When it it's like you, you try to bring it down all slow, and then the last like. Yeah. Three inches is just a free fall. Yeah. Oof. The bottom is so painful because all the pain's yeah. like bicep tendon in here. Yeah. Yeah. That's when rough. it gets like bunched up, oh, even right there, it hurts. Literally, like right now. Yeah, you're giving me PTSD, man. <laughs> <laughs> just like every time, you just every week you'd have a heavy low bar squat. Or like, this is how I used to train. Like, and I'd go to bench and it'd just, you'd have to just tough it out. You drop it that last, like, oh, yeah. that, that last little bit, hoping it doesn't crush your rib cage and just, like, pray. <laughs> I did low bar for a year and it was, it fucking sucked. Yeah, it could take a toll on you. <laughs> it sucked. And my bench was down, like, 50 pounds. 
So are you uh, you're still training to compete now, or like what what's the we'll future? See, look right like? now, so right now I'm gonna try to go like barbell free for a month, like just like free weights and machines, but like no barbell. I just started like three days ago, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> so you haven't broken it yet. What? You haven't broken. I haven't broken your, it yet. Your, your, I did your two commitment. workouts so far with no barbell, but I'm gonna try to see like how healthy I can get my body. We're we'll talking a few weeks. Yeah, I gotta try to, cause I'm just fucking beat up. Every time I even go to try to squat light, yeah, like my back just fucking hurts when I'm sleeping. Yeah, like my left SI joint just like hurts, and I'm like, you ever tried something called yoga? I used to do kid stretch, which is helpful. Is that similar like to yoga. similar? Yeah, yeah. It looks like yoga, but it's different. But yeah, you know I've heard nice, of it. You know what's nice on the lower back? What Pilates? Yeah, yeah. on the reformer. It's uh, when I I fractured one of the vertebrae in mm. my back years ago, and uh, when I went to a Cairo in Toronto out of Institute of Sports Medicine, he was like, "You should be doing Pilates like every day." So when I came back to Miami, I, uh, one of Steffi's friends had a Pilates or worked at a Pilates studio. And then I was just going there all the time. Is that and the one was, in the Grove? No, but there is Pilates in the Grove. The place is great. It was actually of down course. here. It was, <laughs> of course it was near uh, Midtown. But honestly, it was one. It's funny when you walk into those places and you're like a muscular guy, they always want to ruin you. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, well, you know, this is going to be a little different than what you do, but it's going to be. They would be so excited to have you there. Dude, the first. I remember when we all went that one time. They were just, they were. You could just see they were so excited. Yeah, the first time I did kin stretch was at a Lululemon in Manhattan, and we're in a circle, and directly across from me is this like hundred ten pound Asian girl. Yeah. And she's just staring me down, just like, <laughs> doing all this shit. Like, and I'm just doing everything wrong, and the instructor just keeps coming up to me, like, no, no, not like, it's like this. And I'm just like, <gasps> yeah, like, I don't, I don't know if you know what's going on here. Yeah, Dude, when I go into those places, I'm like, I have no ego. Go yeah. easy on me, please. But they're so pumped. The people, the instructors yeah. there, like, if they don't have an ego about them, then they're just excited that somebody who's like, clearly, you know, if you were to walk in there, you were to walk in there, yeah. it's like, cool we have like an athlete in here and like that takes a pretty big level of like you know like a leap of faith so to speak to bring Mm -hmm. you in when you're not the archetype or like yeah i mean what they're used to but that stuff man i was i always tell people that like that time we did pilates the only time i ever did it it was so hard it's so humbling it was so hard anytime you do something that's not if you're very specialized and you go and do like we did uh rock climbing with uh magnus uh i can't remember his last name for magnuson no no this guy (laughs) (laughs) i can't see him rock climbing either he's like this world champion rock climber he was there at the arnold oh i I know here i don't know him but i know who you're talking and this guy just he's like a it looks like like a a foot long it looks like a chipmunk running up a tree (laughs) you know and then i i'm going and i'm like grabbing onto the thing my forearms were so blown up after 30 seconds it just felt like i had lobster claws just holding on for dear life but it's just you know different kind of strength we trained for a long time to do just a very specific thing you know like two two or three different directions of movement (laughs) like those guys are actual athletes (laughs) something like that um yeah, Kev, we went, we, did, we went long on this one. Um, where can people find you? Um, Instagram, Oakstrong. That's about it. Uh, and Barbell Commission. Barbell Commission Apparel.com. 
Yeah, check out his apparel. Get your thighs looking right. <laughs> yeah, I got the nice, the nicest uh, tights in the in the league. Yeah, over there. <laughs> for sure. Awesome, man. Kev, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Happy to be here. All right. Thanks, Got Kev. some uh, whiskey. <laughs> What's it say? Oh, wake up, choose violence. <laughs> <laughs> a fitting cup for a whiskey. Yep. All right. Later. See you. See ya.